they've done it again with this blackface crap, the most misleading, misguided, racist article. We'll tell you about it coming up. Fighting the woke, those two stories are almost the same, but we got different ones tonight. And the dangers in your iPhone. More dangers in your iPhone. We've already talked about a lot of them. There's something new. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. <sighs> Hello, Jay. What's pissed you off today? A lot. We got all that and more. Coming up, Crown Zero 9000 Hal is back already. Welcome into the top of the show, Hal. America has never been great. I disagree 100%. But you have every right to your opinion, and you go with that. I think we were. We are not currently, but I truly in my heart of hearts believe we're coming back, slowly but surely. As DB says, when it gets bad enough, we're coming back. All right, we got a whole lot of stuff going on tonight, and if you are stumped for a Christmas gift, I have a suggestion and I have a way to save you money. One of our sponsors, Blackout Coffee, not only is this Cyber Monday, because now it's Tuesday, <clears throat> from Blackout Coffee, they have declared it Cyber Week. The whole week, buy two coffees, get one free. Whoa, yeah, use code Cyber Week. That does not include the five-pound bag, by the way. But check this out. They've got holiday editions, all kinds of great coffee beans over there. They are all sourced locally using local co-ops and local American farmers. They grow these beans themselves, pick only the best, roast them in a small batch process. You order your beans, 24 to 48 hours, they roast them, another two, three days to get shipped off to you. And you got a fresh roasted coffee bean that really makes all the difference in the world. Always full-bodied, full flavor, never bitter. This is an amazing coffee, and check this out. Remember I said Christmas gifts? You can keep one for yourself and give one away as a gift. Trust me, this will be a very appreciated coffee drinker for the coffee drinker in your life. Oh, they will love you forevermore. Now, I have to be honest, we have a, a promo code, J20, J-A-Y-20. I don't know if that will work in addition to this buy two, get one free deal. I'm going to guess maybe not, because that would be a lot. Maybe not. But try it. At checkout, use the code J20, J-A-Y-20, 20% off your first order. But right now, right now at uh, Blackout Coffee, use the link in our show notes. It's Cyber Week, and you get buy two, get one free. Look at these holiday editions if you want to spice up your holiday. Coffees, flavored, pumpkin spice, peppermint mocha, eggnog, winter wonderland. Mm -mm. Our signature blends, a brutal awakening, all kinds of great ones. No compromise, Second Amendment coffee, flavored coffee, coffee pods. They also have a line of their own merchandise, hoodies, and shirts, t-shirts. You can also pick up great premium teas there, and also uh, you can get um, uh, flavored hot chocolate. Mm. 
I'm telling it's not just for the coffee drinkers, but if you are a coffee drinker, you will love this product. It's an American company. We need to do everything we can to support the companies that support our values, our conservative values, honesty, integrity, American values, and Blackout Coffee does exactly that. Plus, they make an amazing coffee. Again, check them out now for this buy two, get one free deal during Cyber Week. Use the link in our show notes for Blackout Coffee. Yum. It's just that good. I got a cup here. I always have a cup on this show. I start off first thing in the morning with a cup of Brutal Awakening. I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of flavored coffees, but oh man, I'm telling you, this stuff is fantastic. Okay, where are we going? We got so much crap going on today, and this story has been all over the news. It is ridiculous. It is much ado about nothing. It is race baiting. It is insane, and yet we're going to talk about it. The post-millennial did the article uh, that I put in our show notes, Deadspin. It's an online website, total crap. They have targeted a young Kansas City chief fans and falsely accused him of wearing blackface. You see this, let me get my uh, get my mouse back here. You see this insert picture right there? That's the picture they put in the article. This is the picture of this young fan. Red and black happens to be the colors of the Kansas City Chiefs. They are doubling up on the racism. Woke sports outlet Deadspin achieved a new low today, publishing an article called the NFL needs to speak out against Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface, native headdress that targets what appears to be an underage fan. This young guy, his crime, showing up at a game in gear paying tribute to the Kansas City Chiefs at a recent football game. At the time of publication, the identity and exact age of this young guy is not known. However, OutKick is reporting the child is only five. I'm not so sure about that. He looks a bit older than five, but I don't know. It takes a lot of disrespect, two groups of people at once, but on Sunday afternoon in Vegas, Kansas City Chiefs fan found a way to hate black people and Native Americans at the same time. This is from this bullcrap Deadspin article. It was actually written in the article. <laughs> this is what happens when you ban books, stand against critical race theory, and try to erase centuries of hate. You give future generations the ammunition they need to evolve and create racism better than before. Again, this bullcrap article. People have gone after this writer on Twitter, well-deserved. He made a vain attempt at defending himself, which didn't work. Past tweets from this guy show exactly how racist he actually is. He disabled replies, by the way, on his ex-post, typical. 
This man ruins the life of some poor kid for the crime of wearing face paint honoring his team at the team's football game. And he really thinks he's the good guy. I mean, just look at the picture they've chosen to publish. The black side of his face, when you see the actual face, it is red and black, the colors of the Kansas City Chiefs. The team of which he is a fan, the team of which he was honoring. You know, this guy, I follow him, Steve Inman, he is fantastic. But I think he said it right. He said it best. And I thought it's only about 50 seconds long. It's really worth the time. Let me play to you, uh, for you kind of a summary. This guy sums it up perfectly. So a reporter by the name of Karen J. Phillips took it upon himself to write a hit piece on a child that had blackface, supposedly. But what's funny is, is the kid was at a Kansas City Chiefs game. Half his face was red, half his face was black, but this is the picture they wanted to show because the race-baiting media does what they do best, and that's how they make money. But unfortunately, this looks like another one of those situations of Nick Sandman 2.0. As you can see, the kid had red on the other side of the face, the color of the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, this is a hit piece on a child. You're probably gonna ruin his life. Look, Karen J. Phillips, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're offended, and I apologize that your parents raised such a little bitch. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if your dad left you at a young age because your dad is probably also your uncle. So he's your dunkle making you write idiotic things like this and ending up with a woman's name like Karen. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Uh, our high school changed its team sports name from the Braves to the Groundhogs? Seriously? This woke crap. Unbelievable. Uh, this this post, it's from, uh, I want to give the guy credit here, a hat tip to uh, Steve Inman. At Steve Inman UIC over on X, please give him a follow. He does some great work. And uh, the response is unbelievable. As a Native American, I fully condone this fan's actions, not cultural appropriation or harm, honoring by motif. If we keep removing these references, we will have eventually removed all memory. The Hunt family has long honored us. Go Chiefs. And again, more and more. Holy hell, Inman, the world owes you a beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the, the link to that, by the way, is in our show notes. If you'd like to read the whole article or check out that or go follow Steve Inman. He does a great job over there on X. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Changing your name from the Braves to the Groundhogs. Gophers is what it's called. <laughs> well, aren't Groundhogs and Gophers the same thing? I think they are. I, I could be wrong. I often am. But <clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty sure Groundhogs. That is our big question of the night. If you want to, please answer them in the chat. Are Groundhogs and Gophers the same thing? I don't know. I do know the UN is planning to control our speech online. Yep, epic times. The UN is calculating its war against conspiracy theories and what they consider to be misinformation, which is whatever goes against their narrative. 
Uh, they want to create what they call the Internet of Trust. Ha ha. Yeah, right. Nothing, the UN says, will ever get any attention from me. And I will do everything I can to let you know exactly what these commies are up to. Powerful UN agency unveiled a plan to regulate social media. Sound familiar? Online communications cracking down on what they call false information and conspiracy theories, most of which have all come true. A 59-page report released this month, UN Educational, Cultural, and Scientific Organization, UNESCO, outlined a series of, quote, concrete measures which must be implemented by all stakeholders, governments, regulatory agencies, civil societies, and the platforms themselves. I can just hear Elon Musk giving a big hearty ew to this UN bullshit. It's the UN, ignore them, fight back, say no, draw that line, don't let them cross it. They aim to create an internet of trust. No, they aim to create an internet that only says the things they create, not what perhaps in many cases the truth may be. Unbelievable. <laughs> Articles in the show notes, you need to read it. You need to find out more about what's going on and why are we still in the UN? You know how much money we give the UN? A lot. A lot. I wonder why Trump... You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump didn't dump this crap. All right. You are being tracked. Oh, come on. You knew that already, right? What is with the dogs next door? Can you hear that? They're going nuts over there. Go, go, gophers. Watch them go, go, go. <laughs> We still don't know if gophers and groundhogs are the same thing. I'll look it up later. All right. This is unbelievable. You're feeling safe when you fly because you know those air marshals are there on the plane with you. And if anything goes sour, goes south, they'll be there to take action. Well, guess what? They're not there anymore. The Biden administration tracking everyone who traveled to D.C. January 6th even if it had nothing to do with the Capitol riot, if you went there for business or for whatever reason, not anywhere near the Capitol, your trip there had nothing to do. If your plane ticket was dated January 6th and it went to Washington, D.C., you are on a list and you are being tracked. Are you happy about that? According to the director of the Air Marshal National Council, Sonia Labosco, TSA has a special list of people who traveled to D.C. on January 6th. Doesn't matter why. All you had to do was travel there. You didn't have to go to the Capitol for the rally. You have been put on this TSA special list. 
as if you'd committed some sort you haven't committed a crime you haven't done a damn thing as most January 6th people even the ones who showed up at the rally you went there for a job interview to visit family there was even one guy who went there for a funeral he's on a list this domestic terrorist list I'm not kidding. They actually interviewed this woman. Give a listen. Okay, so how many uh, air marshals are on planes right now, and how many do you think uh, there should be to get to a safe level? Well, Carly, we're not we're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are Quiet Skies missions, and those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants, or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now, on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the national capital region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. You see? You see? These air marshals who are supposed to be flying on random scattered airplanes to protect us against hijackers, terrorists, troublemakers. Nope, pulled them out, put them on this bullshit assignment or stuck them on the border where they're probably making sandwiches for the illegal immigrants before they're all put on a bus and sent into the interior of the U.S. That's, there you go, that is Sonia Labosco. She is the director of the Air Marshal Service. Right from her mouth. Links in our show notes. So, you feel safe flying now? This is really, it's a double-edged sword, this story. First of all, they are tracking you if you showed up in Washington on the 6th of January for any reason, including this poor guy who went there for a funeral. And they've yanked all the air marshals off the flights for this ridiculous assignment. It's insane. This is your Biden administration. Nice, huh? Wow. A police have issued a warning if you have an iPhone. I don't use iPhone. I use Android, I always have. I find iPhone, nice as they are, to be very confusing, and I'm just a Windows guy and an Android guy, always have been, always will be. For as long as I am, as old as I am, I ain't switching. And now, with all the news that's come out, frankly, I'm a little happy that's the case. Police are warning parents about iPhone's new feature, which is called name drop this feature can be exploited and no doubt will be by predators and it comes turned on by default on your phone now you can choose to disable it 
But if you don't know it's there and you just boot up your phone, it's enabled. This is insane. Multiple U.S. police departments issued alerts about a new iPhone feature that allows sharing contact information and images wirelessly between two closely held devices. In other words, you take your handphone and you just stick it up next to somebody else's handphone. It doesn't even have to be that close. And the two phones will communicate with each other and share information. Your content, you know, in other words, the days of handing out business cards are long gone. Now you just wave your phone and all your contact information goes over to the other person. This is the recent iOS 17 update. It's called Name Drop and allows you to share photos, contact info. Parents, especially parents, but you too, whether you're a parent or not, shut this off. It comes default on. Go in, whatever your iPhone settings menu, and shut this damn thing off, especially on your kids' phones. And whether you want to not tell them it's there and you just turn it off quietly, or if you trust your kid not to turn it back on, tell them about it. Tell them why you're turning it off. And tell them, do not turn this on. Anybody, anybody can place their phone next to yours, including your child, and automatic automatically will receive all their contact information. Picture, phone number, email address, everything. With a tap of your unlock screen. Wow. This is frightening. Uh, here, it, it shows you in this article actually how to turn it off. Settings, general, airdrop, which controls the file sharing features of the phone. And once AirDrop is selected, turn off the bringing devices together option to disable name drop. A lot of police departments have come out and made mention of this as a warning to the public. You should be warned and you better pay attention, Especially if you've got kids. This is insane. Wow. I mean, on one hand, very convenient feature. If you're in business, you're door-to-door -door salesman, you're meeting a lot of people, you know, business people and things, just waving your phone and that's it. But man, the dangers behind that, unbelievable. Fighting back against the woke. It continues. Remember what I said? Draw that line. Don't let them cross it. This father's drawn a line, and he's not letting his ex-wife cross it, we hope. What a story. This is from the Daily Signal. A father is fighting for his son, whose mother has decided to raise him as 
non-binary. There is the father and blurred out because he's so young, the son is there. Harrison Tinsley's son, Sawyer. What a great name, Sawyer. He's going to turn four years old next month. He likes to play hockey, football with his dad, enjoys singing. And according to his father, Sawyer is a very happy little boy. The child's mother, however, is attempting to raise him not as a boy or as a girl, but non-binary, which if you don't know what that means, basically, as far as I understand it, is not a boy or a girl. It's just more woke bullshit. He's seen photos of his son in dresses on social media. Sawyer told his dad when his mother took him to Disneyland, she wouldn't let him go on the rides unless he wore princess shoes. This is borderline child abuse, Mom. The father's very concerned with his son's well-being, seeking full legal custody and physical custody of Sawyer, arguing his son should be treated as a male. He joins the Daily Signal podcast. There's a link to that podcast if you want to listen in. You can check it out. There's a transcript of the conversation there. But this... The kid's four. The kid doesn't know if he wants to be a fireman or a pirate when he grows up. And the mom is basically doing her best to destroy this kid's life. And the dad is saying, ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. Unbelievable. The woke pronoun mob. Ted Cruz gave him a shot. There's another link in our show notes under that same heading. It is poison. Ted Cruz blasts the NSA over their woke diversity glossary uncovered by the Daily Wire. Senator Cruz tearing into the Biden admin for being fundamentally unserious. <laughs> really, you think? Obsessed with leftist woke politics at the expense of national security. The glossary of racial gender ideology. Here we go. It was uncovered in an exclusive uh, investigation from the Daily Wire. It blames white Europeans, that would be you and me, well, me, I don't know about you, for settler colonialism, promotes the gender-neutral pronouns Z and Zer, whatever, even warns of transmisogyny, nonsense, garbage, poison, Cruz says, it's nonsense, garbage, and poison. You know what it isn't? National security, which is what the NSA supposedly is charged with doing. 
But nope, they're going to spend all their time worrying about Z, Z, Zem, Zup, Zoom, whatever the hell. While the country falls apart, while the border is open, while pro-Hamas demonstrators are out there doing everything they can on the streets of America to make our lives difficult. Take a look at this one. Again, links in our show notes. A mob of pro-Hamas knuckleheads, morons, take over a Christmas tree lighting because the destruction is the point. This is insane. In an ongoing effort to make life as painful as possible for North Americans, pro-Hamas protesters took over the annual Christmas tree lighting in downtown Seattle on Sunday. Yeah, a large group of terrorist supporters flying the Palestine flag, carrying banners, marched down Fifth Avenue, stopping in front of the tree to prevent families from enjoying the event. As distasteful as the protest was, the mob could have just kept on marching, but knew no requirement for them to stop, take over the area where the Christmas tree lighting ceremony was going on. They did it for one reason, to destroy our culture. And they want to make it as emotionally painful as they possibly can. They don't want people to enjoy an event centered on the Christmas holiday. They don't want families to be able to gather for a night of reverence and fun. They want to dominate. They want to rip the heart out of America's traditions. All the while projecting their own power. Don't give it to them. Draw that line and do not let them cross over it. In their minds, they're untouchable. What they believe is preeminent, and what often others care about, irrelevant. Blocking a Christmas tree lighting is their right, and if you disagree, you're a bigot. You're a racist. Don't listen. Don't let them get away with it. Draw that line and do not let anybody, anybody cross it. Unbelievable. It's just going to continue until somebody says, stop it. No more. Okay. A couple of lighter note things. You know, there is a saying from out of the mouths of babes that could not possibly be more true. You will always get the truth from the mouths of babes. This young guy, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe he's three. Got a pretty good vocabulary, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe three. He is very proud of the fact that he peed. But he wants to make sure you know 
He didn't poop. You didn't poop? No. Did I peed. You peed? Mm. I thought you pooped too. I poop. I Did you? Funny. I can't. Uh, uh, daddy. Yeah. It's that daddy. No, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to not laugh. I'm crying. It's fu I'm funny. It's really funny. You're a funny guy. It's that daddy. No, it's it's it's. Hey, did you poop? Did you poop? Yeah. It's that daddy. No, I'm very happy. No. I'm very happy. Here, look. Look, very happy. <laughs> did you poop? <laughs> I didn't poop. I peed. <laughs> oh man, we need more kids like that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> okay, where are we? Yeah, where are we going? Okay, we're going here. There we go. All right, you ready? It's book time. Yeah, we always close out the show last to 15 minutes or so with uh, part of a book that we read from the beginning all the way to the end. We've done all these great classic children's literature bits. Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Jungle Book, White Fang. Um, <clears throat> and right now we're doing Treasure Island. Ah, man, what a what a classic. I have never read Treasure Island before. I know it's one of those things you're supposed to read as a kid growing up. But I just never got around to it. So I'm enjoying it with you. Treasure Island, and we are all the way up to chapter three right now. It's, no, chapter four. Sorry, we finished chapter three last night. So before we get, begin, just a quick reminder, please hit that follow button. It's right over there. It's a little green oval, says follow. If you have a free Rumble account, you can join in the live chat, please do. You can follow the show. We don't spam your inbox. We just let you know when we're live. And uh, it really helps the show out a lot. And it's absolutely free to you. Also, of course, you'll find some great deals from our sponsors in the show notes. Cyber Week at Blackout Coffee. Buy two, get one free. That is a hell of a deal. Use the link in our show notes to check it out. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend for Christmas. Why not? Okay, Treasure Island, it's chapter four, and it's called The Sea Chest. I lost no time, of course, in telling my mother all I knew, and perhaps should have told her long before. And we saw ourselves at once in a difficult and dangerous position. Some of the man's money, if he had any, was certainly due to us, but... It wasn't likely our captain's shipmates, above all the two specimens seen by me, Black Dog and the Blind Beggar, would be inclined to give up their booty in payment of the dead man's debts. The captain's order to mount at once and ride for Dr. Livesey would have left my mother alone, unprotected, which was not to be thought of. Indeed, it seemed impossible for either of us to remain much longer in the house, the fall of coals at the kitchen grate, the very ticking of the clock filled us with alarm. The neighborhood, to our ears, seemed haunted by approaching footsteps, and what between the dead body of the captain and the parlor 
and the thought of that detestable blind beggar hovering near at hand and ready to return, well, there were moments when, as the saying goes, I jumped in my skin for terror. Something must speedily be resolved upon, and it occurred to us that at last to go forth and seek help in the neighboring hamlet. No sooner said than done. Bareheaded as we were, we ran out at once in the gathering evening in the frosty fog. The hamlet lay not many a hundred yards away, though out of view, on the other side of the next cove. And what greatly encouraged me was in an opposite direction from whence the blind man had made his appearance, whither he'd presumably returned. We were not many minutes on the road, though we sometimes stopped to lay hold of each other and hearken. But there was no unusual sound, nothing but the low wash of the ripple and the croaking of the inmates of the wood. It was already candlelight when we reached the hamlet, and I shall never forget how much I was cheered to see the yellow shine in doors and windows. But that, as it proved, was the best of the help we were likely to get in that quarter. For you would have thought men would have been ashamed of themselves. No soul would consent to return with us to the Admiral Benbow. The more we told of our troubles, the more, man, woman, and child, they clung to the shelter of their houses. The name of Captain Flint, though strange to us, was well enough known to some there and carried a great weight of terror. Some of the men who had been to field work on the far side of the Admiral Benbow remembered, besides, to have seen strangers on the road, and taking them to be smugglers to have bolted away. One, at least, had seen a little lugger in what we call Kit's Hole, for that matter. Anyone who was a comrade of the captain was enough to frighten them to death. The short and long of the matter was that while we could get several who were willing enough to ride to Dr. Livesey's, which lay in another direction, not one would help us defend the inn. They say cowardice is infectious, but then argument is, on the other hand, a great embolder, and so when each had had his say, my mother made them a speech. She would not, she declared, lose money that belonged to her fatherless boy. None of the rest of you dare, she said. Jim and I dare. Back we'll go the way we came. Small thanks to you big, hulking, chicken-hearted men. We'll have that chest open if we die for it. And I'll thank you for that bag, Mrs. Crossley bring it back, and to bring back our lawful money in. Of course, I said I would go with my mother, and of course they all cried out at our foolishness. But even then, not a man would go along with us. All they would do was to give me a loaded pistol, lest we were attacked, and promise to have horses saddled, in case we were pursued on our return. While one lad was able to ride forward to the doctor's in search of armed assistance. My heart was beating fiercely when we two set forth in the cold night upon this dangerous venture. 
A full moon was beginning to rise and peered redly through the upper edges of the fog. This increased our haste, for it was plain. Before we came forth again, all would be as bright as day, and our departure exposed to the eyes of any watchers. We slipped along the hedges, noiseless, swift, nor did we see or hear anything to increase our terrors, till, to our huge relief, the door of the Admiral Benbow had closed behind us. I slipped the bolt at once. We stood, panted for a moment in the dark, alone in the house with the dead captain's body, and then my mother got a candle in the barn. Holding each other's hands, we advanced into the parlor. He lay as we'd left him, on his back, with his eyes open and one arm stretched out. Draw down the blind, Jim, whispered my mother. They might come and watch outside. And now, said she, when I'd done so, we have to get that key. Who's to touch it, I should like to know. And she gave a kind of sob as she said the words. I went down on my knees at once. On the floor, close to his hand, there was a little round of paper, blackened on one side. I could no doubt that this was the black spot, and taking it up, I found written on the other side, in very good clear hand, this short passage. You have till ten tonight. He had till ten, mother, said I, and, just as I said it, our old clock began striking. The sudden noise startled us shockingly, but the news was good, for it was only six. Now, Jim, she said, that key. I felt in his pockets, one after another, a few small coins, a thimble, some thread, big needles, a piece of pigtail tobacco bitten away at the end, his gully with the crooked handle, a pocket compass, and a tinder box were all they contained. I began to despair. Perhaps it's round his neck, suggested my mother. Overcoming a strong repugnance, I opened his shirt at the neck, and there, sure enough, hanging to a bit of terry string, which I cut with his own gully, we found the key. At this triumph, we were filled with hope, hurried upstairs without delay to the little room where he had slept so long and where his box had stood since the day of his arrival. It was like any other seaman's chest. On the outside, the initial B burned into the top with a hot iron, and the corners somewhat smashed and broken by a long, rough usage. Give me the key, said my mother. And though the lock was very stiff, she'd turned it, throwed back the lid in a twinkling. The strong smell of tobacco and tar arose from the interior, but nothing was to be seen on the top except a suit of very good clothes, carefully brushed and folded. It'd never been worn, my mother said, and under that, as a miscellany began, a quadrant, a tin canatin, several sticks of tobacco, two brace of handsome pistols, 
piece of bar silver, an old Spanish watch, some other trinkets of little value, mostly of foreign make, a pair of compasses mounted with brass, and five or six curious West Indian shells. I've often wondered since why he should have carried about these shells with him in his wandering, guilty, and hunted life. In the meantime, we found nothing of any value but the silver and the trinkets. Neither of these were in our way. Underneath, there was an old boat cloak, whitened with sea salt on many a harbor bar. My mother pulled it up with impatience, and there lay before us the last things in the chest. A bundle tied up in oilcloth, looking like papers, and a canvas bag that gave forth at a touch the jingle of gold. Ooh. All right. It's a good spot to stop. We will continue on with Treasure Island. This is Chapter 4 coming up on tomorrow's show. All right. Thank you so much for popping by, spending a little time with me today, and I uh, really do appreciate that. I will uh, see you all again tomorrow, same time, same place, exclusively here on Rumble. Thank you a bunch. Be sure and follow, like the show. We really appreciate it. Check out our sponsors. Get yourself a good deal, <clears throat> especially that Blackout Coffee Cyber Week. Yeah. All right, folks, thanks again, and we will see you all again tomorrow. I'm supposed to be gone by now. Snort. <laughs>